Hello and welcome to The Double Life. I'm John Boostar, and this week we visit San Antonio, Texas, and sit down with musical artist Cody Mauser. We discuss growing up in Texas, learning to play music, and his latest album, Fake Love Songs, that was released earlier this year. Enjoy an inside look at the world of being an artist amid historical times in this nation. Not necessarily a musical household, uh, but I remember there always being, you know, music, music was always being played and stuff. My dad um, was always listening to like a wide variety of stuff, you know, which was like at the time, like a lot of like 90s hits, obviously, because uh, that's when I grew up, I was born in 90. But, um, you know, a lot of those like 90s, like kind of grunge stuff, like I remember my dad like being super into Bush. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah it's pretty silly but um yeah i think my dad tinkered with uh instruments you know in his youth but then he um he had my older sister and i think he kind of like buckled down and like you know tried to get a a real job and not really like mess around with it so i guess he never you know had much of a creative outlet in his older in his later years or whatever but um yeah, my dad would always play music. My mom would always play music. Um, it was always around. Um, and then I just started like, you know, you kind of start listening or you start like absorbing the stuff that, um, you know, that's being played, you know, and then you kind of pick and choose like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of like check this out or go down this Avenue. And at the time, a lot of my friends were listening to like, I had, you know, a few friends that were like quite like, pretty big into like metal or hair metal, you know? So it was like, that was like what I kind of gravitated towards. So like, um, I was really heavy into like black Sabbath and, you know, like Led Zeppelin, hmm. Joe, Joe Walsh, stuff like that. Sure. Is that what got you into like guitar was kind of like, you know, listening to that kind of music and just heavy guitar in those bands, you know, all of them are very, you know, harder rock, uh, is that kind mm-hmm. of the foundation of you're like, oh, cool, dude, I want to do that, you know? And then you picked up a guitar and sort of got into it, or is there more to that? Um, yeah, I, I guess so, like kind of in a nutshell. Uh, but the, the irony is, I guess, I, I started playing acoustic first. And so it's like, you know, you can't really riff on an acoustic, you know? You're like, it's like, uh, you know, <laughs> it's not like you're in high school and you see people like playing like master of puppets on like a classical guitar, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. it's just like, <laughs> it's just super goofy. And mm-hmm. so, so I started like, once I got an acoustic guitar, which I was in high school when that happened. So it was like kind of later in life that I kind of discovered, um, you know, instruments and stuff. I'd always wanted to do it, but I don't know. It's just, I was skateboarding at the time. So I was just really like engulfed in that, you know? So Um, but yeah, so I, I got a guitar and, um, I basically started like kind of just gravitating towards like, I guess, singer songwritery stuff of the time. Hmm. And, um, you know, kind of like, just like that would have been popular, like indie music that was like in the late two thousands or whatever. Sure. Um, How old were you when you picked that up? Uh, 17, I believe. Oh, wow. Okay. A little bit later then. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it definitely was like, it was way later as far as like, uh, I guess, you know, a lot of, um, I guess what would be like your typical musician, I guess I'm not too sure, but I think, um, like when it comes down to it, it allowed me more to like really appreciate the instrument more, you know, like I feel like if I would have started at a younger age, I would have been like, Oh, uh, you know, now, you know, like kind of just moved on to the next thing type of thing Mm. and, uh, and not like been so enamored by this, you know, wooden thing, you know? (laughs) So it's like, I don't know. It's, 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 it's wild, but yeah, I just really got into, um, that kind of stuff. And then I started writing my own songs, which, uh, was just, man, so fun. Like I just from the jump, I was just really excited about writing my own music. I didn't even have like dreams of being in a band or like playing with people. I just wanted to like write songs and, um, yeah, I don't know. That's that's really what catapulted everything. Yeah. What did the, uh, I guess, first couple songs and how did that all look as far as your process? Was it just kind of, you know, were you around that same age, 17, 18, like latter end of high school or was this after you graduated that you started actually writing songs? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was in high school. Yeah, it was like, uh, yeah, it was definitely the, the uh, towards the end of high school. Sure. Were and- most of the songs like Heartbreak and different things like typical high school type of songs or were you kind of writing more about um, just kind of like personal stuff at that point as well? Man, I'm trying to, this is a, this is a good probing question. Cause now like I haven't thought about this in a long time. So like I'm trying to think of like, what were like the first couple songs I wrote? I wrote this goofy song about like city lines. Hmm. It was called city lines. It was like, it's just goofy at the time that I think about it. But um, that was like one of the first songs where I was like, I think I like, I could, I could maybe do this like, and it could be fun. You know what I mean? And yeah. and so, but it was about, um, I guess like at the time I was going to, I was thinking about moving to Arizona with a buddy of mine. This is like, bef- like maybe six, seven months before graduation. And, um, to go to this, uh, audio engineering school, it's like conservatory of recording arts. It's in Arizona. And, um, so I was like really thinking about that and I wrote a song about it and how like, uh, I don't know, I guess basically like moving away and then having a long-term relationship with somebody. That's basically what the song was about in a nutshell. And, um, yeah, it's, that's just one of those things where I was like, this is actually not, you know, you, I think as in, at least for me and in my situation is like, I've always grown to really dislike the songs that I write for some reason. And I think it's like a pretty common thing across the board. Like I talk to other friends who write music and they're like, man, I just, you know, and then some people, you know, they really love their stuff, but it was one of those things where it's like, I don't necessarily hate this song, but I don't think it's like the greatest thing, but I'm like, there's something here, you know? Hmm. Has that been something that's carried over even till now? Do you feel, you know, a sense of, I don't know. Um, I don't know. It seems like a perfectionist sort of mindset to an extent, and, you know, where you like put out a song mm-hmm. and you're like, you know what, that was, I could have done better. And, you know, after you release yeah. it or whatever, you have like a million things going through your head. Um, is that something that's still carried over now? And are there different methods that you've acquired to like kind of deal with that? 
Yeah. So I'll be honest with you. The, it has, uh, that kind of mentality has plagued me for every release that I've done up until this new record, um, the solo record. Mm. So, um, and I don't know what it was about it. I've always like, uh, personally tried to write songs that I want to listen to, like stuff that something's like, man, I want to hear this again and again and again. And that's what I did with this, this record, fake love songs. Sure. Um, yeah. So up until this record, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was definitely like that. I forgot the the second part of your question, but. <laughs> oh, I guess just, you know, if you've, um, I don't know, come up with different techniques to kind of, I guess, you know, soothe that in a way or make it not as, uh, you know, intense. Yeah. So, uh, the best way for me is to, to try and, and do something different. So, um, I've tried to like, uh, I think, uh, maybe sometimes at least with myself, I, I, I'll write myself into like a bubble or like it, it gets to a point where like, I can only make stuff that sounds like this or, you know what I mean? Like, mm. but, but once like I allow myself to like be open and, and just try to evolve from what I have done, mm. um, that seems to work really well for me. And, and, um, it seems to, you know, allow me to like appreciate and like the stuff that I've done in the past at least. Sure. But, um, but I, yeah, there's no, there's no like magic formula on my end as far as whether or not I'm going to hate it. But I will tell you this right now, th- this record I really love. And then the, the stuff that I'm writing for the next one, I, I really adore. So I think it's, I'm on the up and up for now, I guess. You know? Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's really, really good to hear. Um, you mentioned earlier, this was your first, or I don't know if it's your first, but you said solo project as opposed to mm-hmm. Um, working with a band, was that initially, you know, sort of the process you were in a band first and then kind of steered off and did your own solo thing now? Yeah. So, um, if you want to backtrack here, like, so after high school or a little after high school, when I decided not to move, um, to Arizona with my buddy, uh, we formed a band shortly after that. And, um, it was just kind of like, you know, like a fun thing to play live shows and stuff. We didn't play that many. Um, but then that kind of like snowballed into, um, another band that we ended up forming with kind of the same collection of guys, one or two missing here or there, but it was called the rich hands. And, um, that's still like technically an active band. It's been a band for like almost 10 years now, but, um, that's kind of like what, what allowed me to kind of like get my chops up as far as, uh, songwriting and, you know, having like, um, other people that were giving me their input or feedback about, you know, if they liked it or not or, or what have you. But, um, yeah, so that I've, I had that band. Um, and like I said, it's still currently a band, but we just, we're just not very active Mm. and we've done, we, we've released like, uh, three records, um, a few singles here and there. We, we actually just released a single last year, which um, it was like just kind of just one off. But then I also play in uh, another band, which is like half members from San Antonio and then half of the members uh, live in Austin. Hmm. And that band's called, that band's called new attractions. So um, 
what happened was uh, I had written a bunch of stuff. I released a record with, uh, I wrote a record with the Rich Hands that came out in 2017. And then after that, uh, after 2017, I had written just a, a bunch of material. So in that time frame, I had all these songs and they were not necessarily rich hand songs, but they, they were just, they were my songs, I would just say. So they kind of like evolved, but I knew they wouldn't fit under that umbrella, I guess, of that other band. So I formed this other band called New Attractions and um, it was more geared towards like pop, like power pop, just, you know, your quick, punchy, catchy songs, you know? Um, and so kind of, I guess, since COVID, like, I guess since COVID happened, we were, we were practicing a lot, New Attractions was, and then COVID happened and it was like, you know, everything shut down, obviously. Mm. Hey, real quick for uh, like timeframes. Um, when did you start the rich hands? And he said that was a band for like 10 years. And then when did he start new attractions? And yeah. like, what was the time frame of that? Yeah. So the rich hands, uh, I think we started it at in 2010 at the beginning. So mm-hmm. it's been, uh, just, just 10 years this year. Yeah. Very beginning of 2010 and, um, new attractions was started right after, um, I finished, we finished that last Rich Hands record, which came out in like 2017. So it was a band, like the idea has been around for a few years, but we didn't actually start getting together and really working stuff until like 2018 or something like that for new attractions. Sure. Were any of the people in the Rich Hands part of new attractions? Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Um, The Rich Hands like eventually withered away into a three-piece band because we toured a lot. And, um, it's just, you know, other members didn't work out. So we just, it was just guitar, bass, drum, like a real standard, like power trio, you know? Yeah. And, and, um, so we toured a lot, uh, with, as a three piece and then, um, towards the end, like the last, I would say two tours, we, um, we would have like another guitar player fill in as our, our buddy, Jimmy. And, uh, Jimmy actually plays drums in new attractions and the bass player of the rich hands, whose name is Matt. He, uh, he also plays in new attractions as well. That's cool. Well, he plays guitar and then he plays drums too. That's pretty dope. He's a multi-talented individual. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he, uh, he runs a studio in Austin called Sweetheart Studios and, um, they, we've recorded a lot of stuff there. Like the majority of the stuff I've put out in the last, uh, couple of years has been put out through Sweetheart. I recorded at Sweetheart Studios. It's like, um, Austin is getting like, uh, built up and like, I guess like populated in a way like, um, I don't know, maybe San Francisco is right now, obviously not that crazy, but, um, it's becoming like a hot spot in Texas. And, uh, he, the studio is on the East side of town where, um, a lot of like it's like one of the only old houses still left. Like there's like con huge condos like next to, and like a parking garage. It's crazy. It's wild to see like just from when we started recording there till now, it's like completely been, you know, gentrified, I guess. Sure. It's, uh, it's cool when you, yeah. When you talk about Austin, I mean, you have Austin, uh, city limits and South by Southwest, like, has the uh-huh. scene growing up in Austin, I mean, I guess, what was that like? I've grown up in, you know, Southern California. So I'd love to know what it was like to, 
I grew up in Austin. The music scene, the creative scene, was it all like super conducive to being an artist and being creative? And it wasn't sort of like socially weird in a way that, you know, I feel like some cities, you know, music and stuff isn't appreciated the same way. Yeah. Um, man, I, I've never really like, I didn't ever attend South by until I actually played in a band that was playing South by. So like it never, it was never like on my radar. I think it was like one of those things where I, I kind of heard about it and like knew sort of, but I never really knew like the full uh, extent of what it was until I actually started playing. And then from like, when you start playing to like now it's, it's insane. Like how the, the growth is like exponential. But, um, man, I don't, I can't remember like really my first experiences of Austin. It was really just like, I'd go there for the day with friends of mine and stuff just to kind of hang out. And I remember like going on certain, going to certain parts of it and being like, this is a really like wacky, uh, place. Like I remember thinking that and being just like, man, uh, I don't know. It was, it's, it's, it's got a thriving music scene, obviously. And, and a bunch of my friends and former bandmates and I guess current bandmates are living there, but, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It's, I don't really have like a, I guess too much of a, a, a grasp on that end of it. <laughs> right. Cause you grew up in, um, San Antonio, right? So you're still kind of not yeah. super close to how, how far away is that from Austin? Um, so San Antonio is like, I mean, roughly in it's an hour, hour and 10 minutes or so. I mean, it really just depends on how fast you're driving, but, uh, but yeah, it's, um, I mean, I guess, I guess we're, uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's, I would go there, like I said, for like day trips and stuff with friends in high school or like out of high school. But, um, I definitely remember it like, I wouldn't say it had like a striking difference to me, but I remember it being like, I just always remember thinking it was wacky, you know, Mm. like I know it's like such a, Oh, sounds like a weird antiquated term to call it wacky, but I feel like it was like pretty wacky. I was like, this, this is cool though. I mean, I love wacky shit. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure the slogans what keep Austin weird or whatever. Right. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That is true. That is true. Yeah. That's something that they've adopted, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) So as, um, I guess, I mean, one interesting that that you mentioned previously was when you were living in Austin, I'm sorry for just sticking to Austin, but you said you were working three (laughs) jobs while you were making your music and, Mm -hmm. you know, sort of the podcast, I mean, this whole premise of why I started this is kind of like just understanding how creatives and artists and people balance that life, you know, of having the creative life and then also just your, you know, regular life to support paying for rent and food and different things like that. Um, Yeah what was that like? You know, what was it like balancing that? And, you know, you want to walk us through like the emotions? Of yeah. How- it was, uh, I remember, I remember it, you know, I had, okay. So when I moved there, I was still, uh, pretty really active with the rich hands. And this was probably, I, I want to say it was like 2014 or 2015 when I moved to Austin. And I lived there for a short amount of time. I moved in um, with my older sister who was living there. And um, even with like, you know, the kind of kickback from my sister as far as like, you know, uh, rent went, um, it was still pretty tough. But I was working at 
let's see, I worked at Home Depot for a little bit, which is, I mean, I don't mean to plug Home Depot, but <laughs> I worked there yeah. and, uh, I worked at a kind of a local pizza place, which was kind of a little outside the city limits. Hmm. Um, and then I worked in, I worked weekend or Sundays at a, a guitar shop. Wow. So all three of them at the same time? Um, some of them, yeah, two, two times in, in one day, but never three times. That's, that was like, that seemed too wild to me to do. But. Yeah, man. That's a trip. Um, it was, as far as like the emotions I felt, I mean, uh, you know, I was excited to live in a different city, even though it was, it technically wasn't really that far. It wasn't too much of a, um, uh, too much of a, a jump or a leap or whatever away from like my home. Um, but I remember I just missed my bandmates. That was like kind of the main thing. And, and I knew a lot of them, you know, I mean, they have, everybody had their own lives and stuff. So it wasn't like I got to see these guys. Mm. all the time anyways when I was in San Antonio. But I think that just the distance alone, it was like, uh, I just maybe missed them more maybe. I don't know. But I remember definitely feeling a sense of like defeat when I was like, man, I got to move back. You know what I mean? You get, you kind of leave one area and like, you know, people, I guess somehow find out or something. And then when you have to come back, you're like, you know, you feel like maybe, shit dude like these people didn't think that i uh i can hack it or something like that but mm. i guess that's just kind of like a younger uh pride thing or something i don't know sure but it wasn't it wasn't after you know after a while it, it kind of settled and i was like pretty cool with my decision to move back because um as much as i do love austin and have you know always have a place in my heart and, you know, I made good friends while I was there, um, that I didn't know before. I definitely love like living in San Antonio, uh, more. And I love, um, like just, you know, the environment and how, you know, the, the culture and everything of San Antonio is like, it's very different from Austin. So yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's, it's unique. And I, I definitely would, would, would rather, or prefer, I wouldn't say rather, but I would definitely prefer to be here. Yeah. Um, I don't know, just switch things up a little bit. How does it feel to, I guess, you know, promote just like a solo album and you making your music? Does it feel like you almost had to like start over and reestablish and rebrand and all that stuff as opposed to, I mean, being in a band for 10 years and touring mm -hmm. and, you know, getting the success and stuff that you got with that. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, cool. I'm going to do my own thing. Was it like liberating or was it kind of, like stressful at first where you're like, Oh, how am I going to do this? I forgot. Oh, how. So the great thing about this is that I never intended on it being a solo endeavor. So, um, how the, but to answer your, your question, like, I guess briefly, um, liberating for sure. Oh, okay, cool. So, um, I guess to kind of like go back the original, what originally happened with this, uh, solo stuff was that, um, um, when I was talking about it earlier about, uh, I wrote a bunch of stuff for, um, new attract. I had written a bunch of stuff that, um, I, like I was saying was not necessarily stuff for rich hands, but it was just kind of different. And so, excuse me, I, um, uh, COVID happened obviously, like I said, so we couldn't, new attractions couldn't really practice anymore. And so 
Um, the bass player of that band, um, which is a good friend of mine named Matt, um, he kind of like encouraged me, like kicked me in the ass and was like, Hey, um, you should kind of, uh, you know, like mess around with garage band or whatever and, and kind of just like get some ideas going. Mm. And that like at the time when that was happening, um, this is at the very like beginning of when our country was kind of like going nuts and, um, I didn't really have any creative drive or anything like that. And when he was like, kind of, you know, gave me a little nudge, I was like, man, like once I started, like the gears just like started turning, and you know, and just like, I started pumping out stuff. Like I was just recording at home on GarageBand. That's it. And just like churning stuff out. And it was, uh, the first song that I did, uh, was, um, another heartache, which is on fake love songs. Mm. And that was originally like a, a Bruce Springsteen style, like guitar song, you know? And I just like, I turned it electronic and I just like, when I had finished it, I was like, what the, f-? you know, I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, it's nothing like I'd ever um, made before. And I was just really, really stoked on it. So I was just exploring that Avenue, man. I, I didn't have any like, um, I wasn't planning on releasing it as a solo record, mm. but then as I, but then as I kept recording and, and material was just kind of like pouring out of me and stuff, I was like, I should do this. You know, like I should just release this solo record, but I don't know. <laughs> so I was like, all right. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much what, what catapulted it. But it was, it was very liberating to be honest, because you know, you have, I'm doing it solely by myself. So I have, you know, I only have to answer to myself. Mm. <laughs> so it's just like, it was just a perfect storm and the timing was really good. And, um, it's one of these things, uh, that I want to continue to explore because, um, I'm getting some really like interesting writing, some really interesting stuff that I would never do. And I am approaching things differently, you know? So definitely has it, um, I don't know. I really like the title of it, you know, fake love songs. What was the, I guess mentality going into that and what does it mean exactly? Um, man, there was, I don't know, I guess, um, I don't know the best way to explain it, but <laughs> it's kind of like, uh, I, I just, I just like good titles. And if, if something could kind of catch, catch somebody's eye or something, it's, and that's how it is for me. I mean, you have like, you know, certain artists with, with, with certain albums or whatever, but like damn the torpedoes by Tom Petty, which is like such a great, um, album title or like hard promises or mm -hmm. things like that. Like that have really stuck out to me or like the river by Bruce Springsteen or I don't know. So, uh, I just wanted something that was like, um, I guess eye catching, but, I, I kind of like thought about it in a way of like, um, I don't know, like I, all the songs are love, technically love songs, mm. you know, when you, when you break them down to their core. And, uh, I thought like the juxtaposition of like that and like, or the, the irony of them being fake love songs. I don't know. Cause I guess ultimately like, I want to say like every song has a little bit of personal, you know, touch to it, but mm -hmm. I don't know if, you know, I don't know if these songs are true or like, you know what I'm saying? Like you listen to a song and you kind of interpret it the way a listener would. 
And, um, I don't, you know, it's like, maybe there's like inklings of things that are true, but you know, at the end of the day, I don't, I don't really know necessarily. So yeah. it's not as super intricate as probably as it, as you know, maybe somebody would, would want to, uh, want to think it is, but the, I will say this though. Um, the last song on the record is called your song. And that is a song that I wrote for my wife when like we first met. And, um, that is a real fucking love song. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's awesome. Did it, um, I guess, did you think of that album title after you wrote the songs or was it before you wrote the songs? And I guess the second, um, oh yeah. What were you going to say? Oh, sorry. Sorry. Um, sorry. You can finish. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was, I was like taking a drink and then I just kind of was like, had this, this fucking like outward burst. <laughs> so oh, no, I'm sorry. You're fine. I was just curious, like <laughs> if it was, um, I don't know if it was intentional that you're going to go into it with like, Oh, it's going to be called fake love song. So that means every song is going to have to be about love or whatever. Or was it different where you wrote these songs and you're like, Oh, they're all kind of about love, but I want to call it, mm-hmm. you know, fake love or whatever, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. So there's, yeah, there's that general theme I think of like, um, that batch of songs or the batch of songs that I was writing at the time, some that didn't make the record. And, um, yeah, it was just, it was just like, Oh, these are, uh, love songs and I'll just call it fake love songs. But I guess, um, I always, I've always liked, um, how certain artists have like taken bits, like lyrics from songs and made them titles. So that's what, that's ultimately what I, what I ended up doing. So, um, there's a song on the record called I can't change you. And that song is actually about me to my, it's just a, me writing a song about myself Mm. and um it's a the first line of the song is uh uh, you keep singing your fake love songs Mm. that's the first line of the song and that's when i was like that's the title of the record so (laughs) sure how do you um i don't know i guess that seems like an interesting concept to me to almost like write a song to yourself is it like uh like a praise for yourself or a criticism of yourself? Is it like a hypersensitive, just like approach and look and examination into who you are as a person? Is that how you went into it or it just kind of came out? Yeah. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't sit down and like write, try to be, I didn't try to like focus on writing a song about myself. I was writing, had written this song and um, I, the lyrics that came out of me, I, 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 was looking at them and reading them and I was like, wow, this is straightforward. This is just me writing a song to myself because this is exactly who I am. (laughs) You know, Mm. like, I don't know about, you know, general daily anxieties and, and, and the things may, it could be almost like a, a song written for myself in the past. Like, you know, man, it's, it's this, the chorus is I can't change you, but I want to, but I can't change you. So like, that's like the, <laughs> the weird, like choppy, non-melodic version, you know? Sure. Is there a, but, I guess, do you write your songs and does it feel, I don't know, do you feel more like your vulnerability as a songwriter when you're writing songs? Is that your ability or your time to like actually express yourself in a way? Whereas I guess outside of music, are you pretty introverted or are you the same way, just outgoing and you know, vulnerable and able to tell people how you feel. 
Yeah. Um, I would say that, uh, outside of, um, music, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty, I would say outgoing person, but I think as I've kind of entered my later twenties, I've definitely been more introverted. Um, but I don't know if there's necessarily a separation there, um, between the music and personal life. Um, I think that some of it kind of, um, you know, comes out in the music, I would say, but, um, I generally like, I don't know. I I would say that I'm, uh, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I I, I would say that it, it, it does, the two does, two do kind of blend, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't say there's much separation. Sure. What are your, I guess, plans or I guess your initial, um, objective into going into making music? Was there like a, I don't know, did you want to inspire certain type of people to make more music or, you know, what was your intentions behind it? Was it just to like spread joy and spread love or, you know, was it Mm -hmm. to become a famous rock star and tour the world and, you know, be a millionaire or something? (laughs) I mean, the dream, right. To be a millionaire. No, I, I, to be honest with you, I've definitely, um, you know, I, there's definitely been a part of me that's like thought about that and been like, uh, very intrigued by the idea of, you know, having an, I guess, an, an impact, I guess, you know? Um, but at this point, um, I would say that I, I honestly have, I just want to make music that I want to listen to and not necessarily like, I want to like just listen to the music that I make only and never, <laughs> not like some stuck up way, but yeah. that's kind of just been my approach to it as far as, as far as that goes. But I never, I never really uh, thought about like wanting to become uh, a rock star or anything. Like if anything, I've always leaned more towards wanting to be a songwriter for other people. Like mm-hmm. I definitely uh, dude, I, I, I wanted to like the songs that are on this album. Like I, I wish I could have, I had the power to pitch them to other artists. Cause I would have loved to do that instead, to be honest with you. Wow. Why, um, why would you prefer like pitching it out to other people and giving your work or your, you know, as much as they are like personal, you know, you said one song was literally, <laughs> um, like a love song to your wife, you know, when you first met yeah. her, something like that, yeah, that you would want someone else to sing too. I don't, I don't know. That's, that's kind of, that is definitely personal, but I can't, I don't know. It's, it's one of the things where it's like, I don't, I'm not necessarily like, um, you know, crazy for the spotlight. Like maybe some other people would be, or like performers or I'm not really a performer, you know, I'm definitely just, just somebody who likes to write songs, you know? So I think that like, if I were to give these things to a performer or somebody like, you know, something that's like uh, a bigger act or that, that could take these songs somewhere. Not only would it help, like, you know, I don't necessarily have to stroke my ego when it comes to that, but like, you know, that would bring money in as opposed to like, you know, uh, my very small non-existent solo career. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, it's not like this crazy, um, lucrative, thing but I could you know sell songs and then then they could also get out but I could also still like reap the benefits in other ways you know yeah 
how did it feel? Um, I think it's interesting when you say you're not really a performer and I totally get that like energy of you being super humble. And I like, I don't know. I think that's awesome and super commendable and so much better than someone who's like, yeah, dude, I'm the shit. I'm basically the best, you know, musician <laughs> ever. Um, like yeah. that, that wouldn't be a fun conversation to like talking to that guy wouldn't be cool. You know, um, <laughs> I'm just curious, like you were touring for like 10 years, you know, and you're mm-hmm. on stage and you were performing, you know, and you were part of something that was, you know, touring and going around and mm-hmm. performing in front of these people. Was there a part of you during those moments that you were like, I kind of like this. Like, I kind of want this to go as far as I possibly can. Or during those times, was it a sense of like, this is cool, but this isn't like my comfort zone. Like there's a little bit of uncomfortability when I'm doing this. Definitely. Definitely. Um, there's, uh, always been a sense of uncomfortability Mm. and anxiety when it, uh, comes to, you know, performing. I mean, although I think it has like, um, dissipated over the years, Hmm. um, as far as it being really bad, like not crippling anxiety, but man, I'm definitely like the type of person that's like, I have a super calm demeanor. I would say like most people probably think I'm pretty mellow, Hmm. but like just crushing (laughs) inside, you know, you're like, uh, you know, right. It's one of those things where it's, you try to like focus, but I don't know. I I think touring at such, uh, touring in my uh, early twenties, um, allowed me to kind of like, I guess get out that maybe like pent up energy or like it allowed me to get those experiences. And then, you know, when that happened and then I, I kind of sat back and was like, okay, well, you know, I don't need to do this all the time. Like if for some reason, like, you know, like this solo record or whatever, like took off and there was like a demand for me to tour, obviously like, you know, without COVID or whatever going on. Mm -hmm. Um, I would do it for sure. Like in a heartbeat, because I still do like touring, but it's definitely something that I'm not like, I could live without, you know, like if there wasn't, you know, I wouldn't like, let's fire up the the fucking van and get out. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I'm not gonna, I don't, I don't really have a desire to necessarily do that, but if it's, you know, if it, if it calls for like promoting a record or, you know, if it calls for it, you know, definitely would do it, but it's, it's strange touring. Have have you ever toured or anything like that? Have you ever played in a band and toured? I haven't. No, no, no. Um, I know people that have, you know, and I, I think, yeah. you know, it's interesting. I talked to, you know, musicians on the show and stuff and yeah. you get all kinds of perspectives of people that are like, yeah, it's awesome. And then some people, you know, absolutely hate it. And it's just, yeah, it is interesting. And it doesn't necessarily always correlate with like the most outgoing person is the person that loves it. You know, it could always be, it's, I don't know. I always find it surprising and interesting and it's usually not what you would expect. And I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. I mean, uh, I think the general misconception about touring, um, from people who haven't toured, is they're always like, oh man, you get to go and see all these great places. And, and yes, technically you do, but most of the time, like we'd be driving all night or something to get to the next city. And like, you know, that's something too, that you learn touring is like, you're, especially when you're booking it yourself, you know, um, just poorly planning stuff, you know? So like, those are like things that, you know, you're kind of like, you don't miss about it, but, um, it, it is cool. I would say like, you know, in a lot of ways and I don't want to like, I'm, I don't want to shit on touring or anything like mm-hmm. that, but uh, a lot of bands love it and they do it and 
it is for some people and some people can't do it. But like I said, I could, I could take it or leave it to be honest with you. Sure. Well, I think the main, I don't know what I would think, you know, from an outside perspective is, you know, for a musician or a band or whatever, I would think that would be the mainstream of income nowadays and Spotify isn't giving mm-hmm. you any money, you know, and like, unless you have a record label, which actually as I'm talking to more artists and stuff, I'm finding that's very rare and most people kind of just do everything on their own now, which is cool. Mm-hmm. You know, I like that, but you know, with approaches like that, it's like, you're not getting a record deal and money from records. And if mm-hmm. you're not touring, then it's like, I'm like, is your main form of revenue or whatever? Does it got to be like merch or how does that go? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm fortunate enough that, um, in this situation that I have a, uh, you know, like a nine to five Monday through Friday that affords me the, the, it it allows me to have the luxury of like, you know, exploring the creative or having the money to explore that stuff. Mm. Um, and, but to answer your question, yeah, like you would definitely, um, rely on merch because, um, in, in, at least for my situation, that's what we relied on for touring because we were like a low level touring band and, um, you know, some shows were good and had guarantees, but you know, you don't always get like a, you know, we wouldn't always get a guarantee or it would be a door deal or like whatever, you know, so you kind of go, go into these places blindly and, uh, be like, all right, man, we'll just fucking hope for the best, you know, like we're going to see what happens, you know? Sure. But, um, but I would say this, like out of all the tours we did, um, there was probably only one tour that was like a disaster financially. And that was like the first one we went on, but everyone after that, we all came home with money and merch is like, obviously you're, that's like your bread and butter for sure. You're, you want to like stock up on that as much as you can and make sure you have like just, as much stuff as you know, you can to appeal to everybody. And, um, I think that's, that's definitely what, um, in this situation I've like for the solo record, I've invested just, you know, my own money and I don't have to really, um, worry about anybody else's opinion when it comes to that. But I, I've, I've thought about other ways to market it, um, as far as like merch goes. And I'm in the process of, um, getting this record pressed on vinyl mm. um, with no release date or anything right now, but it'll be something that'll happen in the you know, announced in the next couple of weeks. And then, um, you know, I've thought about like maybe some t-shirt stuff, but at the same time I look at it from a person, like, I don't know if I would wear somebody's name on my shirt, you know? So, mm. I mean, maybe like, like I have a Joe Walsh shirt and I like love Joe Walsh. So I'd wear Joe Walsh's name, but like, you know, Cody Mouser doesn't really have a, a cool ring to it. You know, like that's, that was something too, that I struggled with at the beginning of this was like, do I just name it my name? Like, you know, or do I just go under like a pseudonym or. Yeah. That is just way what made too, you go with just sticking with your name? Uh, I, I don't know. It's just, it was just like, it seemed like I'll just do this. <laughs> you know, like I wish there was some really cool story behind it, but I, I don't know. I, I have some other friends who are doing projects and they're, they're naming them, you know, it's like they're going under a moniker or whatever, but, uh, I don't, I don't know. It's just like, I'll just use my, my name. And I, oddly enough, my last name is so 
it's kind of weird that I was like, I don't think it'll be a problem. You know, like if my name, if my, you know, last name was like, you know, something super common, you know, I think it would kind of be a little bit harder to maybe Google, you know? So I right. think I tried to approach it from that angle. Maybe it was like, can you Google my name? You know, And like, it'll be easy. <laughs> yeah. How does, um, I don't know. Have you found that like marketing or trying to like garner your audience or get more audience? Has that been somewhat of a struggle right now in the day of like COVID or has it been easier since everyone's at home and has more time to listen to music? Um, man, I, it seems like it's, it's been easier, um, to get that reach out there. But, you know, at the same time, I, you know, have done like, you know, I blasted it out on an ad and stuff. And like, um, it, it actually says that like when I was looking at the insights of like the ads and stuff that pretty much all of the percentage of people that are coming and listening or streaming or, or clicking or whatever, it's all from California, basically. It's oh. not even from Texas. That's interesting. Yeah. It's, it's very strange. So I don't know if you guys have more time on your hands over there or probably i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i think um i don't know it i guess you know it doesn't necessarily ring like oh this is from texas you know you're like a texas artist and this is a texas album or whatever you know i like i don't i don't get that vibe from it i think i almost get sort of a kind of a california energy sort of like a surf rock kind of vibe to an extent and you kind of like i guess get that but i think your music more or less at least the album um when i was listening to it i felt you know, it, I like how it has different variations throughout the whole thing. You know, you have like slower songs, you'll have like almost like a acoustic ballady type of song. And then the next track will be like an upbeat more, you know, with some electronic synths and different things thrown in there. Like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, I guess I can't tell you why California or people in California, cause I can only speak for myself, but I'm a fan of just <laughs> eclectic music, you know, just a variety yeah, of different yeah. things. And I think that's, you know, how I was drawn to it or why I was drawn to it. So, um, I appreciate that. That's, that's, that's high praise. I, I, I do appreciate that. Yeah, no, I, I don't necessarily, I don't think that like I, I, I peel off this kind of, uh, this Texas vibe or anything. Um, but I just think it's interesting that, I'm just glad that it's getting out there in general. I, I guess I kind of the, what, what my, I guess in my mentality, I was like, well, everybody I know is from Texas mostly. Mm. And I was like, I would assume that it would be higher only because my friends or people I know are listening to it. You know what I'm saying? But then you take an, an account that like it gets passed around and stuff like that. So that's just me. I think thinking like in my own, like, in my own head, I guess, maybe like in some weird, like, I'm like, there's no way nobody's listening. You know, people are listening to this type of thing, you know, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm blown away that like, even, uh, you know, I, I'm, I get, it's really strange actually, like the ad world of like doing, uh, ads on Instagram or whatever. Like, you know, I've done that for this record, but like the, the people who reach out to me, um, you know, it's like, I don't, I normally don't get DMS or anything from people. So it's like, dude, I I've gotten everything from like, some people are asking me to like, Hey, can you work with me on this? Or like, Mm. uh, some people are like just really strange. They're like, Hey, what's up? You know, like (laughs) just really weird stuff. 
Yeah. And then I get something very interesting and, and, and which, you know, you know, sparks, you know, uh, it makes me like, you know, excited. It was like, you know, when, when you had reached out to me and, you know, asked me to be a part of the podcast and I was like, this is, this is great. It's by far the best reach out I've gotten so far. So oh, yeah, that's cool. No, I mean, uh, I think it's cool to hear, uh, I don't know. I think, I think, you know, from the listeners, everyone listening there, it's clear that you, genuinely love the music and that you're just a super humble, grounded person. And I think that's like one of the main things, you know, that draws me to artists and people is like relatability and empathy yeah. and, you know, being human and not this like superhuman person, you know? Yeah. And I definitely don't like, um, there's some, you know, there's like a thing where I'm, like I said, I get, I'm getting all these th- people reaching out to me and, it's hard to like, because in my mind, I want to, I want to, I want to talk to everybody and, and be like, Hey, you know, thank you very much for the kind words or this and that. But it's, it's kind of hard to be like, to devote that much energy to like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm. and I don't really like to try to like be all over social media all the time. So it's like, I do like to enjoy my life, you know? Sure. So I feel like I can only imagine what like, you know, huge pop stars or like celebrities have to deal with when, you know, you, you have like millions of followers. It's probably truly insane. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I think that'd be overwhelming to an extent because you do have a number yeah. of people that are going to be like, you're awesome. But then you're going to have a ton of people that say like, you fucking suck and you're a piece of shit. And I hate you, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. that's a lot to like handle the, too. The constant trolls. Yeah. Uh, luckily I haven't had anybody troll me. Hmm. Um, which is pretty cool <laughs> that that hasn't happened, but you know, it does come with the I mean, territory I'm, though. Have you thought about the, like, it does. you know, you are a musician, you're in the public eye, you are very much someone that, you know, you know, people can just talk to and message, you know, and I don't know, has that been something where you've, I guess, been a little bit more guarded about who you allow into your world and communicate with you? Um, I, I, I'm, I'm a pretty open person. So like, I'm not necessarily, uh, super, um, like reserved in that sense. I, I, you know, I can be pretty like, uh, reclusive, like as far as like social things, but I mean, I'm, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty game to talk to people, but at the same time, like, you know, it's not like, I don't, I don't know. Like, like I said, I mean, if somebody reached out to me and said they really liked the record, I would definitely be like, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. But I don't think it would, it, it wouldn't go past that, you know, like a mm. genuine, a genuine, like, thank you. And, and that's, I think where it should end because you don't know this person, you know, it's like, <laughs> but I'm yeah, just going to no, be like, that'd Hey, be strange. If you're like, Oh, thanks. So, uh, how's your day going? What are you up to right now? Yeah, yeah. exactly. If you're like, Hey, so, uh, what's up, man? What are you, what are you yeah, they're like, what you the heck? Get, you want to get on a Zoom call or what? Right. That's funny. <laughs> How is... Uh, no, oh, no. What were you going to say? Uh, I was just going to say, no, it's just... Um, it's it's really nice for now, at least, you know, like to, to have that kind of... Um, I'm not saying that I'm going to get to a level where it's going to get crazy or anything like that, but it's nice. I enjoy it now and... and um, uh, people have been nothing but um, lovely to me. So yeah, that's really good. I guess one other thing, um, as we sort of wrap up here, 
But something I'm really curious about and what I generally ask people that have um, like jobs and, you know, essentially what I talk about on my podcast, you have a, like a nine to five and then, mm-hmm. you know, you just made a solo album. You said you're going to like, you know, you're working on your next album and stuff. I guess, um, I don't know. How do you find the time to be creative when you're working constantly? And you said you're like, you're married. So you have like a relationship and like all these things mm-hmm. where um, you have people that, you know, need your time and they ask your time, yeah. you know, it's like, how do you find that space to get away and be creative and create music and not have, you know, a million things on your mind? Um, I would definitely say that uh, I used to be able to, to kind of like focus more. Like when I was working in an office, I used to be able to like focus more on like the task at hand. But now since I'm working remotely because of COVID, I would say that it's definitely, it's definitely harder to not be like, wow, I have this song idea. So I could just do this right now, you know? So that's, that's been tough. Uh, but I'm super fortunate to have like a very, I'm, I'm sure my wife will listen to this, but (laughs) have a very, very supportive wife and I'm not just like blowing smoke. She's super awesome. She's, uh, you know, she always encouraged me to do this stuff. She never like, she's never like, you're doing this music thing again. You know, she's never like that. So I, I have a really good marriage so I can, I can juggle that stuff. Uh, well, I don't even have to juggle it. It just kind of falls into place. But, um, whenever I, I definitely get a creative moment or, or I want to like work on something, you know, I, I definitely do it. And, um, I don't necessarily have like reservations about it. And my wife is really cool about it. So I'm very fortunate because I think a lot of people have different situations and they could have spouses. I mean, I know I've been in past relationships where it's been like really hard to produce music and be in a relationship. And it's just those two things, not even on top of having a fucking job that you do, Mm -hmm. you know, 40 hours a week. So it's like you essentially have like three jobs or something, I guess. Right. Man. But but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think I'm very fortunate and I, I definitely like, I got, I got lucky in some sense where this, this kind of crazy, like, uh, mixture of things just kind of works for me. And I've figured it out as I've gotten older, I figured it out, like how to do it and how to like, uh, not get so stressed out or like, you know, um, if I can't necessarily create at the moment, say if I'm at work or something, I'll like jot an idea down or like go into a voice memo and just like kind of hum along or something Hmm. and try to like figure it out later on down the road or something when I feel that spark again. But I've, I've definitely been fortunate enough that it's, it, it, it's, it's starting to like, come easier as I, as I get older. Sure. Nice, man. Cool. Well, I mean, I guess we, as we wrap up, first of all, I mean, thank you for sitting down and talking to me and I guess, you know, just little plugs of, you know, where people can find your music and how they can get Mm -hmm. connected with you and, you know, all that good stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I highly appreciate your time and and giving me the opportunity to kind of just, ramble on about my life on your, on your show. So, um, yeah, so the album, um, 
It's under my name. It's a, my first solo record. Uh, my name's Cody Mauser. Um, the album is called Fake Love Songs. Um, at the moment, it's uh, purely a digital release. So, but it's streaming everywhere. And like, if you got a TikTok, I think it's on TikTok. <laughs> so, mm, interesting. You could go down. You could go down that lane if you want. But it's yeah, all major uh, platforms. You know, um, I'm on. I, I pretty much only use Instagram. Um, I have a Twitter and stuff, just purely for promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Facebook, I don't really use Facebook. But yeah, if anybody you know wants to reach out to me, Instagram would be definitely the best way. Cool. In the DMs. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, hey, thanks again. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Double Life. To listen to Cody's newest album, Fake Love Songs, you can head to Spotify, Bandcamp, Apple, wherever you get your music. Follow him on Instagram at C-O-D-Y-M-A-U-S-E-R. And you can follow us at The Double Life Pod. Make sure to subscribe and tell your friends. We'll see you next week. Adios.